0: from the EPR creation studio this is Jason Staples bringing you the unconquered podcast hot takes edition after florida state beats really beats up on georgia tech 41 to 16 and generally you would think with a 41 to 16 win you'd say well you know good performance overall good you know well played and all of that but the the crazy thing about this one is florida state total total yardage here 642 to 264 so an absolute demolition I mean just a dominant win and Florida State didn't play well. they did not play well in this game. I can guarantee you that that Mike Norvell and that coaching staff are not happy with what they saw out there. This is going to be a a tough tough week of preparation on top of it being Miami week uh, there's a lot to fix, but boy it's nice to have games where you can play your C game and still dominate and thats that's really what they did. this was Florida State's C game. And Georgia Tech was just utterly helpless. There was no shot. It was pretty obvious in the first quarter that basically Florida State would have to hand this game to them, and that's what, that's what we said in the preview, right? I mean, in the preview, we said the only the only thing, the only way that Florida State loses that game is if they go full Miami, like what Miami did against Duke to to lose, you know, with eight turnovers. That would be the kind of game that it would take for Florida State to lose to this Georgia Tech team and in the first half it looked like they initially were trying to do that a couple turnovers then they cleaned some things up and and you know played a little bit better again not not a clean performance by any stretch from florida state but good enough to pull away and uh and put this one away in the second half speaking of miami their game at virginia has gone to penalty kicks wow (laughs) we'll see we'll see what happens as i record here but uh yeah, good for Miami. Uh, good thing they've got a good field goal kicker and all, but um, yeah, penalty kicks. Uh, penalty kicks in Charlottesville. Uh, Why, well, yikes, Miami! I guess it's a Kane thing. I, the rest of us just won't understand. Uh, in any case, this game felt like a game where Florida State spent the entire game in second and third gear, running. You know, pretty well. You know, with some decent torque pulling along. But just kept grinding the gearbox every time they tried to shift into fourth gear and and start really pulling away and and making things easier it just you'd you'd hear that that crunch crunch it just never they never were really really able to shift into that true clean execution to put this game away early and just make this a laugher, even though it was one of those where you know they they kind of were beaten up on somebody that had no shot. I mean, it's a why you hitting yourself game, but not at the point where they were able to just steadily execute. And and that's something that's going to be frustrating. It's going to be a tough film to watch for for Florida State uh, and for those, for those players and also for the coaches. I mean, I, despite, I mean, we'll talk about it in a second, they met expectations in this game, really. I mean, this game basically was what I thought it would be. I mean, I said in pregame that, in in the preview that I basically expected Georgia tech's offense to be thoroughly helpless, basically unable to beat Florida state, but their defense to be good enough and Florida state to have enough issues on in in terms of execution, that it'd be kind of an ugly game and man, it was that that's, that's basically what happened now. Florida state overwhelmed Georgia tech's defense more than I thought they would. I mean, they came into the they came into this uh, game in the top 15 in the country in tackles for loss. And Florida State actually handled them pretty well in that respect. I mean, they've been averaging 7.29 tackled per loss per game. Tackles for loss per game, for, uh, pardon me. And Florida State only gave up three. So, I mean, pretty good overall result from FSU up front. I mean, the offensive line actually played pretty well today. Still tipping some things. Uh, they've worked on it very clearly but there's still a few things where you know I could tell at different points like up oh, it's about to be a pull play or oh they're running they're they're running behind the left guard here different things they're still having to work on that but uh better than they have been in that respect but they 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 did meet expectations and actually thinking just go ahead and look at that i i said before the game expect about Inspect under 4.5 yards per play that that'll be about meeting expectations there. They gave up 4.3 and 3.2 yards per play through the third quarter before sort of emptying the bench in the fourth quarter, when they gave up that one long drive before the, before the, the, the gunner actually scored right at the, uh, right when the clock turned triple zero. So, you know, before that drive, they were given up under 3.5 yards per play. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. And point zero yards per play in the first half. That's really good. Now, the 6.5 yards per play in the second half that they gave up does kind of reveal some of the lack of depth or youth issues that this defense has. They played more guys in the second half, and especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, you look at those at the at the quarter numbers. In the third quarter only, they gave up yards per play that that's not good fourth quarter only they gave up 6.1 so second half was just not great All, all all across the board just gave up too many plays and Georgia Tech came out throwing in the second half and was able to find some space and they're gonna have to clean that up for sure going into the next few weeks now they are playing a Miami team that doesn't throw it a whole lot better at this point or hasn't thrown it a whole lot better than Georgia Tech but Again, you don't want some of the some of the space that they allowed in the passing game in the second half. But offensively, again, met expectations. I said, look, against this defense, I expect over six yards per play, but not really sure how much more you're going to get than that. They wound up at six point six yards per play. That's that's healthy. And they were eight point one yards per play through the third quarter, and then they ran it thirteen times and threw three times in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's what you that's when you look at it and you go, Okay, that's when they really shut it down. So, you know, there are folks out there who talk about, you know, teams shutting it down when they get up and all that. Well, that's what it looks like is when you've got a team that's throwing the ball a bunch through three quarters and then just completely transitions to the running game in the fourth quarter. That's when you're pulling the plug. And they still, in the fourth quarter. Average 6.6 yards per play running the football. So again, met expectations. And in many respects, they were more dominant than I thought they'd be in this game. They met expectations despite not playing maybe quite as well as I thought they would. I thought it'd be a sloppy performance, but I think overall they were a little sloppier and, and made some mistakes that I think were beyond what I expected. And, you know, this was just not, this was not an overall good performance and it was not a well-coached or managed game. This is one where the coaching staff is going to look at themselves in the mirror after this one and go, yeah, we, we, we could have, we could have had this, had them a little better prepared for this or, you know, had them in better position for this. I mean, first drive, you have the overthrow on a wheel. It's a great play call out of the sugar huddle for a clear, sure touchdown on third and three poor throw. So then you got fourth and three. You call a good good play, a little sprint out pass for what should be an easy conversion to a guy that hasn't dropped a whole lot of balls. And Poitier just drops it. So there's your first drive. Second drive. Run it right down the field. Bad snap and fumble after you go direct snap to a running back formation. Trying to run it in, you know, just play power football with that direct snap ball's supposed to be you know it's a a power left play it's running to the left and actually it may have just been a zone or iso i think it's iso left uh so iso left play and the ball snapped high and right and quarterback probably catches that because he's used to that sort of thing running backs you you, they're not going to catch that and that gets returned what 50 yards, 48 yards into field goal range. Defense gets a stop, but it's still a 3 nothing deficit. And at that point in the game, it's like, man, you are dominating this team and you're down. And it's frustrating because that kind of typifies what's happened all season at different points and definitely the last three weeks where you would see this team outplay overall, move the football up and down the field against teams and then just not finish. And yet again, they get it in inside the five yard line and don't finish. And I mean, some of it there, there's some frustration, and I think rightly so. I'm looking at that going like you just ran the football down their throats to get it there. Just line up and pound it in your normal formation. Just, you know, you got a couple downs here. Just line up and, and put it in the in the end zone. And, you know, why get why outthink yourself? And there's been a lot of that so far this season of outthinking yourself. Inside the five-yard line, inside the 10-yard line, in that tight zone. And, you know, honestly, what's happening there is they're getting cute because they're not confident they can win at the point of attack when things get get tight. So, you know, it's different running the football when there's no safeties on that, that you have to worry about. There's no over-the-top that you have to worry about. There's an additional couple guys in the in the uh formation in terms of run fits, and teams have a couple extra defensive linemen on the field. And They just they don't believe that they can push teams around in that context. Bottom line for me though is you get inside the two, three yard line, you need to be, you need to say, screw it, we're gonna do it anyway. Just run our thing and just hand the ball off or, you know, zone read it or whatever you need to do to run your base stuff and pound it in there. You've got to be able to do it at a certain point. But I understand the lack of confidence there because if you look at that last drive where they had the poor goal line series, they tried running the football into that goal line type look from the what eight or nine yard line and got nothing. You're like, well, that's what they're worried about. But that was another poor goal line series. They get stuffed. Then the over that you get a high snap again, and then an overthrow uh, to Johnny Wilson. Then they would go back to the same concept and it's actually a good throw and Wilson drops it. So then you have to kick a field goal. Now, I'm going to give, real quick, take a pause for a second, I'm going to give a lot of credit to Ryan Fitzgerald, who deserves a lot of credit. I said a few weeks ago that he needed to see a psychologist or whatever needed to happen, because when he went out there to kick, he looked like he wanted to be anywhere at that moment, other than on the football field. And he changed his steps back to his old, old uh, steps. So, before the season, you know, he'd been working with Graham Guineau and uh, had gone to the more t- standard NFL two-step approach to the to the ball, and he just never felt comfortable with it. And you could see that he'd walk out there and it was like anything but this. Well, now he's back at his two and a half step approach, which he, he's been using before the first part of the season. And he looks confident. he looks like he's ready to go out and he, he's making solid contact on the ball. That That gives you some confidence going into these last four games that you can actually kick the field goals, which is good. You know, that, that, that killed you a couple times in that first part of the season. Now you feel like, okay, well, inside the, inside the 40 yard, inside 40 yard field goals, you got a guy that, that should be able to make more than he misses there. So that's, that's helpful. But yeah, then so you got the second drive, first and second drives, some mismanagement and some just poor execution at different points. You had a couple timeouts on that first drive as well, just because guys were in the wrong spot, lined up wrong, you know, different things. And you know, some of that is that they were playing more guys this week. Some of it is I think they had some stuff installed that they don't that they haven't run a bunch. But bottom line is you've got to be better prepared next week so that you don't have those su- substitution issues, formation issues, all those sorts of things. I had a little bit on special teams, a couple things on defense, just a lot to clean up. So now I will say, as a coach, this is a good result. You covered the spread so your fans and boosters are happy. You had 642 yards of total offense and you only gave up, what, what, was, what was it I said, uh, two, 264. Dominant game. And then you can turn on the film and rip your team all week for playing poorly and really show them, you know, this was, this was bad. So that's good. All in all, this is, this is the kind of result that you'd like to see more of, not just in scoreboard. So a few more, few more notes before I do that, I should thank my sponsors. Uh, thanks to EPR creations, the best of internet marketing and website development, bringing that to you for an affordable price Shannon Newsma of Shenrealestate.com in the Research Triangle of North Carolina, Lewis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida. And Garage Makeover is the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida. If you need any, anything in those areas, those are the best in the business in their areas. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered Podcast. And as always, visit the, the Unconquered Podcast shop for uh for stickers and other types of, you know, little little things that you can do to support the show There's also the Patreon. Uh, if you want to just donate a little bit here and there, and, uh, I've got some other stuff coming here in the, uh, near future. going to look at Jordan Travis's throwing motion and a couple other things. So plenty, to, plenty to do there. And then, uh, also rate and review the podcast. If you've been getting a lot out of it, if you enjoy it, uh, five-star reviews help a lot and, uh, tell a friend. So a few other notes before we go, uh, Jordan Travis's throwing mechanics, as I just mentioned, continue to be a little frustrating to watch. Um, really, the the thing is, and I've got a little thread on this on Twitter to give a little, little teaser to what, what I'll have to do a video on. It's really all about extension. And I've said this, I said this first week that, you know, I've got some concerns about where he's at in terms of his throwing motion, but hey, you know, he's succeeding. So, you know, you kind of just roll with it. But he's had some, some misses in the last few weeks where really, I think it, it really is all about the mechanics and you clean a couple of those things up and he, and you make those throws, you hit those throws and it's all about extension. He's not getting full extension on the release. When you finish the release, when you release a football, your arm needs to be fully extended triceps firing, like to full point where your where your elbow is straight. And, uh, you need to get that full extension down the target line. So it's out towards where you're throwing as a part of that throw. Uh, what you, what he's doing is he's not getting full extension on the release. That arm is still bent when he releases. It's worse on some throws. You can tell on some throws when he, especially when he's aiming it, that's when he starts to what what I call slash. He's pulling down kind of coming across his body and not finishing the extension you know short arming the throw as you might say uh i think this is actually due to some ba- some poor cueing uh, it's given how he came into the uh, into the preseason already doing this i suspect that it's something from the off season uh, in terms of off season training or, or whatever i don't know if he had a private quarterback coach or whatever but this is this is a result of a bad cue that's been given by someone where they're telling they're telling the quarterback to to snap that arm and to come all the way down across. And, you know, there's this old cue that old school quarterback coaches used to say of pull the dollar out of the pocket, pull the dollar out of the opposite pocket so that when your arm comes down and across your body, you know, your hand is down there to pull the dollar out of the pocket. But biomechanically that actually is wrong and better quarterback uh, tutors and all of that these days Basically say, no, there is no dollar in the pocket. It's out, not down. Out, not down. That's the proper cue. So you have to get your arm extended down the line. And then, you know, I actually, when I've coached different guys privately and, and also as, as a quarterbacks coach with guys that were having having some trouble with this, I would do drills where they were not allowed to actually let their arm drop below the shoulder when they would throw. So I'd hold something. I'd hold like a little uh, PVC pipe, you know, a small... Uh, you know, a noodle or that sort of thing below their right, you know, at around their uh, their peck line so that they'd have to keep their arm above that when they'd release and they'd learn to release and, and feel that extension down the line, down the uh, the throwing hallway, down your target hallway. And that really does result in a lot more consistent accuracy. Now, when Travis is you know, really trying to let one loose when he's trying to, to let it rip and, and, and throw a dart in there. He gets closer to good extension on that. It's still not getting full extension. He's still trying to snap that down and and short arming it and throwing it with all arm, but it is better. And that's one of the reasons why he's getting better location on those throws. I'll do a video about this as soon as I'm able. Uh, but you know, this is nitpicking. Look, the guy went 63% on the day for 396 yards and 176.7 passer rating. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty good, but anybody who watches this film is going to go, man, he left some serious throws on the field, just not quite putting the ball in location. And he's a guy that's going to want to make those throws. So that's something that they need to focus on when they get into practice, uh, soon and, and try to, uh, to get him just a little cleaned up there. It's not something that actually takes a whole lot. It's just feeling it physically and getting that little cue and you and and it's an automatic thing it's like shooting a basketball we're like oh yeah that all of a sudden you're back in rhythm and you get it right uh other notes for those of you uh out there who've been asking a lot and i've gotten some questions about this in terms of julian armella those who've been suggesting you know maybe julian armella it's time for him to get some starter minutes that sort of thing yeah this tonight's game or today's game should put that to rest uh, oh and miami miami has one in pk's Wow. You know, they, 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 those guys really can, uh, can do the whole football thing down there. Um, good for the Canes. All right. Well, they'll come into, they'll come into the Florida state game riding high (laughs) and, uh, you know, confident that if that game also goes to PKs, that their uh, goalkeeper will be able to handle things. And, uh, they've got someone who can put it in the, in the uh, back of the net. So yeah, good for them anyway. Uh, yeah. As far as Julian Armella, if, if if you've been asking about that, like, you know, is he ready to ready to start? Is it time for them to give give him some starter reps and, you know, to give him more more opportunities? Today's game should put that to rest. He is just obviously not ready. It's just he's not there. And he's not in a position to be better than what you have out there. Not even close, not even close. And physically, he's not quite there either. So it's it's physically, mentally, and and technique wise. He's he's not quite there. So no. You, you want to get him some reps in a game at the end of games exactly like this, so that you've got some stuff you can point to and, and work on cleaning up, but he's not ready. So um, yeah, I mean, that should put that to rest. Uh AZ Thomas, the talent is absolutely there. Still some work to do there, though. Uh he got picked on a little bit in this game. Couple that were, you know, he's in good position, but you just can't cover it because it's an underthrow to a six, seven receiver. You're gonna lose that you know, 95 times out of a hundred overall, pretty good, but still getting there. Um, Rodney Hill is a dude, man. I I really like him at running back. I would like to see him get more opportunities and more reps at that, at that position. Uh, and then CJ Campbell also back and capable. That's a guy that they were confident was out for the year when he got hurt in camp and he has worked his way back and he looked awfully good today. So he's another guy that I it wouldn't hurt me to see him get some carries uh, here and there as well. Uh, and then finally, Fabian Lovett played and played a lot. He he got quite a few reps. He played more than I expected. I thought they'd have him on a, a little bit more of a pitch count, but he looked good, looked comfortable. Some rust to knock off, not quite as, you know, in the, the, in mid-season form as, you'd, uh, as you would think he would be if he'd played all season, but that's exactly what you'd expect good opportunity here for him to knock some rust off and get into game shape for the Miami game where they're definitely going to need him. So, all told, not the best performance, definitely have a lot to clean up, but it's pretty good when you're able to overwhelm a team by that margin, 41 to 16, when you play your C game. You'll take that every time. Hopefully they're able to get some things cleaned up and uh and ready to play. A little closer to that A-game in a rivalry game this week against Miami. That'll do it for us. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. The Unconquered Podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, ShenRealEstate.com in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Garage Makeovers of Palm Beach in Broward County, and the Unconquered Podcast shop at unconqueredpodcast.com, which features stickers, magnets, and other seminal gear. Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. I'm especially grateful to those above the Dynasty level. That is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Jonathan Kennedy, Lee Caswell, Travis Smith, Tyler Kashishki, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, post us on social media, and tell a friend. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this.